Hi everyone, happy November. Rachel Schwartzman here, and we're back with another episode of Slow Stories. I'm so excited to share today's interview. Before we dive in, we're opening the episode up with a slow story contributed by my dear friend and collaborator, Robin Reitz. Hear from Robin, who shares a little bit more about why a particular book made her stop in her tracks and slow down in a way that she hasn't in a long time. My name is Robin Reitz, and I'm a writer, and I'm an editor, and I currently manage um, editorial content at Club Monaco. Um, a story I recently read that really forced me to slow down in a way that I haven't in a long time was actually part of a book called Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. Uh, it's a series of short stories that's about feminism, and it has elements of psychology and surrealism, and it's just really unlike anything I've ever read before. Um, the book in general is about, it really made me think about femininity and my body and the way I relate to each of these things and to the world. Um, obviously, these things are very top of mind with everything going on right now. And because this book adds an element of surrealism, it sort of removes you from yourself and forces you to think about your body, your femininity, and what it's like to experience both of those things in the world right now in an interesting way. Um, I found it really empowering. It was um, more grounded in a way that made me slow down, take it in, and stop to think about it rather than just going on to the next thing. I feel like even, you know, we just consume so much content now, even with books. For me, it's sort of become this thing where I try to just finish a book quickly, cross it off my list, and go on to the next. so a particular story in this book that really resonated with me is called Real Women Have Bodies, and it's metaphorical in a way that will stop you in your tracks and force you to really think about it, what it means to be a woman right now and how you'll be a woman going forward. So I really recommend this to everyone. It's added a lot to my life, and I'm thinking about reading it again. So again, the book is called Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado, and I'm Robin. Thanks so much. Thanks so much again to Robin for sharing. We've linked to the book in the show notes in case you want to check it out for yourself. Now, on to our featured interview with Jacqueline Johnson. So I was just 23 years old when Jacqueline Johnson, the powerhouse founder and CEO of Create & Cultivate, gave me the opportunity to speak alongside industry titans like Stephanie Mark of Coveteur and fashion illustrator Katie Rogers at their 2016 conference in Dallas. Since then, Jacqueline has continued to be a huge supporter of both the Styline and Connected Editorial. She's participated in a number of stories we've produced and has continued to include me in other Create and Cultivate initiatives. Jacqueline has also published a book, platform, and podcast called Work Party, which shares more of her personal journey and continues to showcase incredible women who are paving the way for entrepreneurs everywhere. One glance at Jacqueline's Instagram and you'll get a sense that her days are no doubt busy and fast-paced, which is why I wanted to get her take on the idea of slow content and business. So without giving too much away, here's my interview with Jacqueline Johnson. So I started um, as a content creator blogger, like in the OG blog blog days, like pre-Twitter, pre-Instagram, pre-all that stuff. Um, and, and got involved in the marketing space pretty early on in my career, like kind of at the crux of what now is known as social media marketing, but at the time was just sort of like people playing on the internet and trying to figure it out. Um, and eventually ended up in Los Angeles, getting laid off from my, you know, nine to five job that I was working and 
Um, so began my entrepreneurial journey sort of unbeknownst to me and launched my first business, which was called No Subject. It was a marketing uh, and events company. It started as social media marketing and evolved into marketing and influencer events. Um, and I started that company. I had that company for seven years, major trials and tribulations. And, and through that you know, journey of being a first-time founder, a young female founder, I started creating Cultivate, which is an online platform and offline conference series for women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. And so that became an extension of that, that brand. Uh, I went on to sell that first company uh, and then went full-time at Create and Cultivate four years ago and had been running that business now um, for the past couple of years. And it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a conference series. It's an online platform. We now have a podcast called Work Party. It's also the name of my book. Um, and yeah, that's sort of a very quick and sweet version of uh, my my story. And it's been amazing to be part of it. So, I mean, between the incredible success of Create and Cultivate and obviously the recent launch work party, congrats again. Um, your life and your day-to-day, it looks like, is anything but slow. Um, so as you've kind of gained more experience as an entrepreneur, how have you learned to embrace the idea of quote-unquote slow living and also apply the same sort of thought process to your work? Yeah. So I, when I was reading the questions and looking more into like the slow living movement, I mean, I think, it, I think for me, the biggest differentiator is th- that my work life is very fast. Yeah. My personal life is very slow. So I think like that's a very specific delineation between my two sort of sides of, of my day to day. And I think, you know, when it comes to being done with work or checking out or, you know, Friday or the weekend or, you know, any personal plans I have, I approach my friendships, my relationships, uh, my family life in a very slow way where there's no pressure, there's no cool factor, there's no need to be, you know, on point every five seconds or, you know, having these amazing accolades. Like it's very real. Um, you know, I would say five of my best closest friends are like barely on social media uh, and, and like don't get it at at all and are not wanting to be a part of that when I'm like, let's just do a quick Instagram stories. They're like, what? Like they just don't care. And yeah. it's kind of the best because I think it it forced me to approach my personal life with a completely different lens than I approach my professional life, which is very much online, very connected, very fast, um, just from the nature of the beast of the type of business that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting though. Somebody we just spoke with on this podcast said that slowing down doesn't necessarily mean unplugging or going off the grid, but rather taking a moment to think about what you're doing and really letting it sit. So I wonder um, if that's something that you've learned to do over time as well. Yeah. I mean, I think I think with bigger picture items when it comes to the business and, and making these bigger decisions, I am definitely slow and methodical with the, the ways we go. I think on the day-to-day, just to be an entrepreneur in 2018, one of the biggest factors is being able to make decisions quickly. Um, and I think, and I think, so, I think that's unfortunate. I don't think it's, it's, it's a thing that's like a good quality to have it. You have to have it because things move so quickly. It's like if you aren't reacting fast enough, almost like bad things can happen or you lose the opportunity or someone gets ahead of you or whatever it is. And that's just kind of the nature of the beast. And I think the best thing you can do is just get better at evaluating situations and the pros and cons, you know, what works for you, what works for your business and what works long term. And I think unfortunately, that process has been sped up by just the nature of social media and 
the the sort of fastness that our our business society embraces like unfortunately i do think that's like part of it is being able to move very quickly in those decisions but i think long term bigger picture decisions and even things like hiring where i used to just be like okay you're hired i'm very slow and very methodical about because i've seen the long term ramifications of making those decisions very quickly yeah, no, it's it's all trial and error, I think, in this game. Um, and it's interesting. I wonder, you know, as somebody who really is a media and content and kind of, you know, a leader in that space, um, what are your thoughts on the term slow content? And what does that mean? Yeah, when you think about CNC and work party? Totally. So I think there is a overabundance of content. And it's something we talk about quite quite a lot here at CNC. And basically, for me, I'm like, I don't want to just be putting out clickbaity, headliney content that means nothing. Like it's, I'm a, a victim of clickbait, right? Like I click on headlines all the time, like, wait, this didn't answer anything that was in the headline, or it's a it's a four sentence paragraph when you click through. And, you know, it's one of those things. And that's something we, we strive not to do. Like, what our mission and value is at CNC is how are we consistently providing value to our woman? Um, and that's value in the sense of giving you specific advice on your tax returns. That's value in um, giving you, you know, five things we're loving right now in terms of podcasts we're listening to. But like nothing that we do, at least from our end, I'm like, I just don't want anything wasteful because one, there's already too much good content out there that can be repurposed, reused, or shared over and over again, um, you know, and still be relevant and informational versus having to repurpose and recreate and keep putting all these things out into the world. And I think you know, we do that in our own small way. But I think when you look at huge media companies, it's actually kind of crazy because I think, you know, I was a journalism major in, in college and, I, you know, I interned at NBC and I was always around these like news. And the biggest thing, and at least like for me and my generation was like, is this fact check? Did you check this? Like, what are the sources? Like, that was such a huge part of journalism. And I just think that's gone away where it's like, just get it out as quick as you can be the first person to put it out there. And it's always wild to me because I'll do interviews with, you know, huge media outlets and they get the facts wrong all the time. And I just think it's it's kind of a, a world where everyone's like, just get it out, just get it out, just get it out. But I think we're starting to finally see the ramifications and the um, issues with just the get it out there mentality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even for me in the past year, having, you know, launched Connected, our agency, and then, you know, thinking about this podcast, uh, value has really been top of mind for me and how I choose to work and the kind of work that I put out. But, you know, with the the fast pace, um, another kind of truthfully a personal motivation in starting this podcast also stemmed from the pressure that I feel at this point um, in my, I guess, entrepreneurial journey um, and, you know, keeping up with the picture of modern success. Um, and it seems that for a lot of people that appears that it hope happens overnight. Um, so even with amazing leaders like you who are shaping an authentic narrative and allowing women to be more candid about their story and their process, what would you say to those who may be feeling the pressure to rush these things? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the number one thing is it takes time. I think, you know, even with Crate and Cultivate, I had been like, yes, on paper, it's really only been around in terms of a legal entity for three to four years. Mm -hmm. But I've been working on it for eight plus. And I think like I always try to share that story. My last company I had for seven years and the first four to five years of that were not that 
successful. I mean, they were they were good. They were great. I got by, but it wasn't like, you know, cover of Forbes, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever it is. And and I think that's okay. I think like there's so many amazing women out there that have awesome businesses that aren't getting press every week. And I think their stories aren't told. And that's something that's really important for us at Create and Cultivate is telling those untold stories um, of women who are just running incredible businesses and that aren't necessarily raising 10 bajillion dollars every week and getting these insane valuations. And I and I I remember thinking for so long, like when I was running No Subject and seeing the same like seven women get featured every week, right? And it was like these same seven women, they've all raised you know, millions and millions of dollars. Um, they're all running tech companies or whatever it was. And I was like, I'll never be that. Like I'll just never be that and I'll never get those features and I'll never be one of those women. And, you know, cut to now, whatever, probably five plus years later, I do get a lot of press, which is amazing. And I get a lot of headlines and I get a lot of those things. But none of those things really mean anything if you're not doing the work. If you're not doing the work and running a real business. And I think that's what's so important to me is like, I can get like a headline or I can get whatever, but if I'm not running a real company, uh, it doesn't matter. And I think that we've seen that happen to so many women and men that get like, you know, all these like incredible accolades and then completely fall apart within the next, you know, couple years or months or whatever. And the press, of course, loves that story. Um, and so I think it's like kind of a vicious cycle. It's like a build them up to break them down. But I think the reality is, is like, just focus on your work create a ama- create an amazing business or have do a great job at your job or whatever it is that you're doing and just focus on your career narrative and your success based on what success means to you. And you know, success for me has always been measured on the respect from my peers and I think that's being respected in your community of, you know, peers or um you know, people above you or below you or people you work with or your employees or whatever is like that level of respect is so important to me um, versus anything else that might be coming along. Yeah. And I think that also applies to respecting yourself and the value that you bring as a woman in business and what your business itself brings to the table. And I think that was another kind of impetus for starting Slow Stories because it forces the question, you know, do we need to slow down to make better decisions as women in the workforce? Um, and I'm curious to know if you have an instance of when, uh, you slowed down and how that, uh, made a positive impact on your business and your life. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I mean, a good example of this is a bit more early on in in my entrepreneurial journey, but I, I went through a really bad business partner breakup in my first company. Um, it was also coupled with a real life breakup with like a significant other. <laughs> it was like the lowest of the possible lows. And I wasn't emotionally equipped. I mean, I, I want to say I was like 24. And I think we had like three employees or whatever, but it was a real company. I mean, it was generating real income. It was like a real business. And I was like, trying to manage the personal and professional fallout. And it it was too much. It was like too much for me to handle in that moment. And so I moved to Portland. (laughs) I just, I literally Airbnb'd my place. I told my employees, I was like, you're going to work, keep working from the office. I'm just going to go. And I think I framed it under like, I'm just going to go like open our Portland office or do some Portland things because we had clients up there. Yeah, I actually don't think I knew this. Yeah, no. And I I just left. I literally left for three months and I stayed in the creepiest Airbnb in Portland. I mean, it was totally fine, but it was definitely a basement. Um, and I I got a dog. I like full therapy. I just like freaked out basically. And I was like, I need 
more in my life because I'm everything I thought that was stable and 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 going to be like a, a good thing in my life turned out to be a really horrible thing. And so I basically it's actually a really great story. I um, was like, I'm going to get a job at Nike. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I can't be an entrepreneur anymore. Like everything's falling apart. And one of my friends, Musa, who was working at Nike is like big in marketing at Nike. He's not there anymore, but I was hanging out with him and I was like, so I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to be your new head of marketing at Nike. Like I'm going to come move to Portland and like do all this stuff. And he was like, don't you have a company? And I was like, yes. I was like, I do. Uh, like this, ha- this is what happened. And he was like, let me ask you a question. And I was like, okay. He's like, does your company make money? And I was like, yes. And he was like, then I'm not hiring you. And I was like, why? He's like, cause you have a company that's making money. Like keep doing it. Like if you, if you, he's like, keep doing it. If you do it for a year and within a year you're not making money or you're miserable or whatever, come back and we'll have a conversation. But for right now you are your own boss. Like that you're running a successful business. Like why don't let this stuff get you down. Like just get back to work. And I did. And I moved back. And I like brought all my employees in. I was like, we have a whole new like lease on life. This is the new company We moved offices, we got like a fresh start. And I went on to sell that business, you know, and so and and I think it went on for about four more years after that. And so um, it was amazing. It was exactly what I needed. I just got off the grid. I got away from you know, the situation. I explored other opportunities. It wasn't obviously like meant to be in a lot of ways. Um, I got an awesome dog. His name's Noah. And, you know, it was like, I just had to change, you know, shake shit up. You know what I mean? And I think that's okay. And I think it's important to do those things. I think it's such a humbling moment too, when you realize that those moments of complete paralysis and doubt are just part of it. And it's finally okay. Like when you get to that point where you, where you don't necessarily expect those things, but you're ready for them. um, I feel like I'm just starting to be able to to deal with things like that more um, as of this year. But it's so empowering to it just is. be like, it's going to be fine. Let's yeah, just be One of my friends said it so well, or she was like, it's literally like a shift in gears. It's like that moment where you pull back, but then you go forward. It's the pull back, but it's quick and it's necessary like to move forward. Yeah. And it's not an overnight thing and that's okay. Yeah. So cool. I love that. And I think it's interesting because, you know, with No Subject, you did really amazing, you know, partnerships and you've obviously seen the marketing space evolve. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we talk about things like slow content or this slow content movement, um, do you think it's something that more, I guess, modern marketers would need to be looking at as they build long-term strategies? Yeah. I mean, I think they have to. I think at this point, you know, Accuracy and research, I think, is going to become more and more important, especially in like the fake news world that we're living in. And I think the clickbait sensationalism is kind of at least like coming to a little bit of consciousness with the consumer. I think we're in the space, so we know about it, but I don't think that's true of, you know, most consumers of content. Um, So I think, you know, I think the culture of speed that we've built is like killing us in the sense of stress, burnout, lack of sleep. Also, content overload, reading too much, consuming too much, not knowing what's real or fake, not feeling connected to the content experience. And I think the people who are doing it best are doing it with really amazing authenticity um, and coming through in a way that doesn't feel very markety or we're putting this out because it's SEO and, and whatever. Like, I think it's people who are approaching it from a storytelling perspective, which you've done in such a beautiful way. I think those are the people that are really going to kind of prevail. And 
it's funny because we have this conversation a lot about our Instagram and my team is always like, we should just start a meme account. Meme accounts are huge. Meme accounts are going to grow. Like the reason why our competitors are big is because they have meme accounts and it's just like, you know, whatever, like stupid stuff, like woke up, give me coffee and a million likes, you know? And I'm like, no, and I just won't do it. I'm like, no, like we put out purpose, purposeful content. Everything we post ties back to a longer story on the blog. And it all, it feels like a, it needs to feel like a 365 day conversation, not just a inspirational quote. That's not going to mean anything to you, you know, and don't get me wrong. I love an inspirational quote, but I just think like, for me, I'm like, it's been about the value and the storytelling and the conversation like that we've been wanting to create for so long. And it means we probably didn't grow as fast as we could have grown or like been as popular or gotten as many likes as we could have gotten. But I, I'm okay with that because the people who have stuck around and been part of that conversation are incredibly devoted to create and cultivate are an, are an incredible community of really amazing women. And it's not just people who are there for, you know, the quick like. Yeah, for sure. And I think of what's been really great about watching, you know, Create and Cultivate and Work Party Evolve is all of those things, but also the fact that you've remained so consistent, which I think is really hard to do when you can, you know, go in a million different directions, whether it be on every platform or trying to appeal to every trend. Um, So I'm wondering if you have any advice for brands who may be struggling to find that balance between quality and this kind of slow thoughtfulness versus the realities of building a brand in 2018? Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be a combination of uh, sort of like these steady drum beats and then these firework moments. I think consistency is key. And that's like the steady underlying kind of base of your brand. Um, And that's whatever it is, you know, whatever it is to you. And I I think like, you know, you look at like an Everlane as like a good example or something like that, where it's like, they've consistently had a message, they've consistently had a look and feel that they're getting across. Every now and then they do a really incredible launch. Like that's like pop. Wow. Cool. That's everywhere. Everyone's posting about this. It's like an interesting story that they're telling. Um, Same thing with Crane Cultivate. We have like a very steady drumbeat of content that we're putting out throughout the year. And then we have these fun little firework moments when we announce a new city or we announce a keynote or we announce a podcast or something like that, where it's like these fun, you know, kind of culturally relevant moments that we put out this information. But when you're looking in between those lines of the pops and the wows and the campaigns, there needs to be some something there that's consistent that people can continually go, go back to and say, oh, that's so great and cultivate or that's so X, Y, and Z. Totally. And speaking of Create and Cultivate and all of the stories that we're referencing, um, are there any stories or articles that you've come across lately that have inspired you to slow down or kind of think about things in a new way that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, there's so many amazing stories on Create and Cultivate and just learning from, you know, all the amazing entrepreneurs that we really kind of talk to. But one thing in particular that was uh, interesting to me is uh, Marie Forleo, who, uh, do you know who Marie, Marie is? Yeah, I think I've uh, learned about her through through Crete and Cultivate. Yay! Yeah, she's amazing. She's just like the most inspirational human. And I was going on my honeymoon and I was like freaking out about it because I was like, I haven't been offline and like, I feel like it's going to be so like, you know, everything's going to go wrong and da, 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 and whatever. And she actually had um, an article on her site about going on vacation and how like not everything 
uh, it, it was basically an article like why nonstop work is killing your success. And it talks a lot about the idea of vacation and the idea of like actually going on vacation, actually unplugging and why it's so important. And it was awesome. And I went on my honeymoon. I, I got to unplug. I got to check into, but like, which made me feel sane and normal. But it was like really just a fully, like I could have left my phone and I think I did leave my phone at home many of the days that we were like out and about, we were in Italy and I felt fully recharged and just like reconnected to my own, who I am as a person um, and what I like to do and what I like to think about and like what makes me happy. Um, Cause I think that's like the other thing is like when you're working so hard and you're like getting these wins, like moving forward so fast, you kind of forget like what makes you happy and excited um, just cause you're in such fast forward um, so that was a really great article I loved reading and was really relevant to like what was happening to me at the time. Amazing. We'll definitely link it out in the show notes because I definitely want to share that with everybody. Um, and it sounds like, you know, during that time when we were able to unplug, um, you got to kind of clear your headspace. And I think even in this fast paced climate where things are just rapid, um, that slowing down really gives us that that time to think about some of the questions that we need to be asking ourselves, whether it's women or as business owners, content creators, and just, you know, people. Um, so with that said, is there one question that you wish people asked you more often? Or what are some of those questions that you think we as women entrepreneurs need to be taking the time to ask or think about more? Yeah, totally. I mean, well, ironically, like one question I get a lot, which I think you'll think is funny is like, when we were pitching out the book a lot, like talking about work party and all this stuff, everyone it was like, oh, she's launched this business. She launched a book, work party. She's launching a podcast. Like everyone just kept asking, well, what's next? And it was so frustrating because I was like, what's next? I just yeah. wrote a book and launched a podcast. Like, what do you mean what's next? It was like, well, what, what else is she doing? It was like never enough, which is so frustrating because <laughs> someone feels like they're doing a lot all the time, um, which I thought was ironic. And I was thinking about that when I when I, you asked me the question. But one of the questions I never get asked, and it's frustrating, um, is tell me about your business. Because I think a lot of times, at least for me and, and Create and Cultivate, the way the media or, you know, whoever it is approaches businesses like mine, it's like sort of that um, the pink mafia of like the marketing, the PR, the content creation, like, and everyone's always like, oh, that's cute. Or like, oh, what a fun business. Or like, what a cool job. And it's like, no, this is a real business. And I think people rarely, especially from a media perspective, ever ask me about business. And I'm always the one that has to talk about like our numbers and how we're like profitable and like a small company and doing well, and we don't need to raise money. And it's like, no one will ask me those questions. I have to kind of bring it to the table. And then there's like interest and people want to talk about it. But it's like, it's always so frustrating because it's like, you're head down, you're doing the work, you're, you're, and for me, the proof has always been being an amazing businesswoman, not, you know, creating an amazing company, creating an awesome community is part of it, but also being an amazing business person is really important as part of the headlines and narrative for women in business. And I think it's something that I've been pushing forward. So I think for women, you know, especially if you're asking questions of, you know, other people's businesses and stuff like that, getting into the granularity of like, how does your business work? And how is your business working right now? How has it changed over time? Um, I think that's the root of success for women, because I think so often everyone's so worried about like, how do I grow my Instagram following? How do I get this? How do I get in press or media? Like, how do I get my product in the hand of influencers? All that stuff's important. But I think at the end of the day, knowing the fundamentals of how your business functions and how it can function or change is so important to your success. Yeah. 
Yeah, another kind of idea that we were talking about in a, a previous session we were recording this is the kind of performative element of creating content, especially as, you know, women in business. So I think that's really important. And I'm really, really glad that you said that because there's so much more um, to the story than just an Instagram office shot of you in your day to day. So that's great. And there are so many other questions that I'd love to ask you, but I know you have an empire to build. So as we close this conversation out, I just want to ask, why do you think slowing down our relationship to content will ultimately help us live, work, and feel better? Yeah, I think, you know, I think the reality is, is like more thoughtful content. And again, I think you do this so well. Like every time I read a piece that you guys have done on me or someone I know, I'm like, oh, they really got to the root of this. I think more thoughtful content in the sense of creating narratives and storytelling. And it's again, purposeful and provides value long-term will be so much more important to the stories that we're building online. Whereas right now, I feel like we're in a consumption phase. I think we need to get to the point where we're more um, considerate in what we're reading. And I think it really, you know, at the end of the day, everything is so overwhelming all the time. And I think it's important for everyone out there to create your own personal boundaries when it comes to content and attention and all those things and figure out what you want to take in and what you don't want to take in and being thoughtful about that as well. And as content creators on our end, being more considerate and thoughtful of what we're putting out into the universe also. Absolutely. We have to create and cultivate the boundaries that we need. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Where can we find you on social and online? Thank you. So creating content at, um, at create cultivate on Instagram and at work party. Uh, and I'm at Jacqueline R. Johnson. Amazing. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you.